Good morning, everybody. Let me uh, say welcome. Welcome to the Philemon Project. This is week four, and I uh, thought I would take a moment to uh, refresh everyone's memory. Uh, I'm looking at a list of everyone who's joining our call this morning, and I realize I don't know everyone's names. So uh, there may be some people joining us that I've not had a chance to meet yet, and uh, this may be your first week uh, to participate with us. So let me just give us a brief reminder of what we're doing. Then I'll read uh, some scripture from the book of Philemon. Then I'll pray for us in our time together this morning. So uh, last March, a group of friends got together and uh, I asked if, if we could think together about how to teach and preach from this part of the New Testament. It's called Philemon. It's an epistle. That's a fancy word for letter written by the Apostle Paul. It's written to a friend of his, a fellow Christian named Philemon, and addressed to several members of his household and the church that met in their home. And uh, one of the purposes of the book is reconciliation, restoration between Philemon and another member of his household named Onesimus. And as we read uh, the scriptures, we find out that Philemon was the master, or we would say owner, and Onesimus a slave. Now, the moment we use that language, it says something has gone badly wrong in our world. The moment we start saying that, that human beings have thought that one could own another, and human beings have thought that it was appropriate to enslave someone else, it's a reminder that something has gone badly wrong in our world, but also a reminder that Jesus has come to make right everything that's gone wrong. That's our hope, and that's what we're exploring together over these 10 weeks, the Philemon Project. And uh, so today, we'll have opportunity to ask the question, what is God teaching us? So if you've been participating for the past several weeks, you've heard some sermons preached uh, by guest preachers here joining us at InTown, and uh, you've heard uh, Zoom seminars involving guest leaders. And so today, we want to take some time to speak with one another about what God is teaching us. I'll walk us through the logistics of that in just a moment, but let me read for us from Scripture. So I'm going to read a few verses from uh, Paul's letter to Philemon. It's very short. It's the shortest one of Paul's 13 letters. It's only 25 verses. I'll read just a few highlights, starting with verse 1. Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved fellow worker, and Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and the church in your house. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, after setting that introduction, uh, Paul goes on to say that he's making a request of Philemon. And he says that he wants to make that request out of love, not a command, but based on an appeal to love. And what is that request? Well, we'll pick up with verse 10. I appeal to you for my child, Onesimus, whose father I became in my imprisonment. So what this means is that Onesimus has traveled to the place where Paul is being imprisoned, and he has become a believer in Jesus. Paul uses that language to talk about people who come to faith in Jesus through his ministry, that he has become their spiritual father. I appeal to you for my child, Onesimus, whose father I became in my imprisonment. Formerly, he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful to you and to me. 
I am sending him back to you, sending my very heart. I would have been glad to keep him with me in order that he might serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment for the gospel. But I preferred to do nothing without your consent in order that your goodness might not be by compulsion, but out of your own accord. For this perhaps is why he was parted from you for a while, that you might have him back forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, as a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. So if you consider me your partner, receive him as you would receive me. So it's because this uh, book deals with the issue of, of a relationship between a Christian who is a slave owner in first century uh, Roman society and a Christian who was a slave in first century Roman society. And, and the gospel, the grace of the Lord Jesus can do something about that relationship and it can make right everything that has gone wrong in this broken world. That's our hope. That's the message we're exploring over these 10 weeks. And so today, what I wanted us to do is to wrestle with the question, what is God teaching us? We're going to use uh, technology on Zoom. We're going to use the breakout rooms feature to create small groups so that you can discuss that question. I'll have some questions to lead us. We'll go through those in just a moment. And uh, so we use the breakout rooms to give you some small group discussion opportunity to say, hey, what, what, is, what am I learning? What is God teaching me? What is God teaching us as we address this part of scripture and other topics that it raises? So let's take a minute to walk through those logistics and then I'll send you out in the breakout rooms so that you can learn with and from one another. So uh, Nigel, if you could put up the slide and we'll walk through some logistics here. So our big question today, what is God teaching us? We're going to use the breakout rooms feature on Zoom. I'll take care of that. You don't have to do anything. It's kind of like riding on an airplane, right? You just sit back and, and uh, we'll take care of you. We'll have uh, roughly 10 minutes every time we do a breakout session. And uh, you'll get a 60-second warning that you're going to come from your breakout room back into our main gathering here. So when we close those down, you'll get a 60-second notice on your screen That'll give you time to wrap up a conversation. And uh, so watch for that. We'll, again, have roughly you know, 10 to 12 minutes each time we do a breakout session. Don't forget to unmute yourself. Right now, I've got uh, things set so that uh, automatically your microphone is muted when you join our main session. But uh, when you're in the breakout session, don't forget to unmute yourself so that everybody can hear what you have to say. And uh, don't assume that everybody knows each other. So sometimes when you hang around a church, it's easy to make that assumption. Uh, well, everybody's been here forever. I'm the only new one. Or we've all been here forever. We all know one another. Don't make that assumption. Take some time in our first uh, session. We'll give you some extra time to, to make some introductions and meet some new people. So uh, let me walk through a couple of other things here. I'm going to ask one person, if you would, uh, select in your group uh, one person to put three to five keywords in the Zoom chat. Send those to me, Jimmy Agan. Uh, if, if you send them to everyone, everybody will get to see it. I don't think that'll be a bad thing. But uh, if you wanna send it to me, to Jimmy Agan, using the chat function, uh, it might be a short phrase. It might be three uh, or four or five 
individual words, just something to capture a highlight from the conversation that you're having in your uh, breakout room. Now, the breakout rooms won't identify which person that is, so you'll have to do that among yourselves. And uh, that's one of the reasons you'll have to get to know each other, right? Okay, a few ground rules before we start. Here's the first one. The posture of our conversation is, I want to know you better. It's not, I'm waiting for you to stop talking so I can stay what, say what I want to say. It's not that. And it's not, I'm waiting to hear what you're thinking so that I can disagree with it or so that I can affirm it and agree with it. No, I want to know who you are. I want to know you better. You may, you may think something very different than I do. You may be learning things through this process that are very different from the ones I'm learning. I want to know you. And that's the posture with which we want to lean into our conversations this morning. Second thing, let's make sure to celebrate God's work in our conversation today. It would be easy to get started talking about some really complex topics and to start talking about society or history or the interpretation of the Bible, all relevant, worthwhile subjects. But let's make sure in the midst of it to celebrate the work that God is doing. So just after the book of Philemon is another New Testament letter uh, to the Hebrews. And in Hebrews chapter 12, we are told this, the Lord disciplines the one he loves. Now to you and me, the word discipline sounds like it's bad. Uh, in our language, discipline is something that happens to you when you made a mistake, you messed up. But that's not what this word means in the New Testament. In the New Testament, it, it overlaps a lot with the language of teaching. So we could paraphrase this. The Lord teaches the one he loves. What is God teaching us? He is doing work among us. He is doing work in your heart today. He's been doing that work over the past several weeks. Take some time when you're together with others in these breakout rooms to celebrate what God is doing. He is teaching you. And if he's teaching you, it is because he loves you. That's not my word. That's the truth from Hebrews chapter 12. The Lord disciplines the one he loves. Okay, last ground rule is this. Interrogate strong emotional reactions. If someone says something today that makes you react very strongly emotionally, whether in a positive way or a negative way, or if someone has said something in a previous week of our uh, Philemon project that caused you to, to have a very intense emotional reaction, take some time to interrogate that. Ask yourself, why did I respond so strongly? And instead of just, uh, just saying, well, I didn't like this. I, I didn't like it when Thurman Williams said this in a sermon. I didn't like it when Jimmy Egan said that in a seminar. Instead of just stopping there, I didn't like it. Ask a question. Why didn't I like it? Why did I respond so strongly? And then you can move from that stance of I didn't like it to, hmm, I think God is teaching me this. Because I reacted the way I did, I think God is teaching me that, that I, need to, I need to sit more and figure out why I'm responding in that way. Or, uh, yeah, so again, we, we could uh, you know, go into our breakout rooms and, and just have a long list of, I like this, I didn't like that. Go a little deeper. If, if you liked something, why? What is God teaching you? through the way you responded to what you've heard or learned. If you didn't like something, why? What is God teaching you through that? And uh, so just a few hints as we get ready to go into our first uh, session.
let me take a moment and pray for us, and then I'll send you out into your uh, breakout rooms. So let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you that your grace is with us. We thank you that um, this little book of Philemon, as short as it is, it's all centered around the fact that you are the Lord, that you are the Messiah, the rightful king over the whole universe, and that your purpose is to make your grace abound so that one day every evil thing that disrupts the peace and the purity and the harmony of your good world will be subdued. And uh, your people can have life forever and not just a barely life, but the kind of life that you intend to give as a life giver and creator and redeemer. Would you give us a foretaste of that life here today and help us to learn from one another in these conversations and discussions? Thank you for being with us. And we ask that you would watch over our guest teachers and preachers who aren't able to be with us today in person in the places where they are, Thurman and Luke and Stephen. Would you bless them? Would you bless their churches? Would you bless their ministries this Lord's Day? We pray in your name. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to send you out into breakout rooms, and uh, you won't know who's going to be in your room with you, and uh, I will see you again in about 10 or 12 minutes. Okay, have fun. <clears throat> Oops, I forgot to do one thing. I'm going to introduce our first question. Here we go. Thank you, Nigel. Our first question is this. What one truth has stood out to you the most so far and why? So when you get into your breakout room, take a minute to introduce yourselves to one another and then spend some time talking about this question. Anything that you've learned so far over the past several weeks, what's the one thing that stands out the most and why do you think that that is? Okay, so here we go. Off into our breakout rooms and I'll see you in a few minutes. Well, let's, uh, let's turn the corner a bit to our second question. So uh, the second question I'll ask is this, uh, and we'll, uh, we'll pop it up on our screen here. Nigel, if you can show that. I'm going to turn my camera off here. Hopefully that'll help us. Um, the second question we'll ask, it really has to do with the theme of lament. So you've heard that language used by some of our guest preachers and teachers. And last Sunday in our worship at InTown, we we spent some time walking through a process of learning to lament. One of the things that you learn is the African-American church lament is a huge part of that tradition, probably more so than it is for most uh, white Christians in the West. And so one of the things we learn about lament is that it's not all about going down low and wallowing in the dirt. It's about this, this process of, of weeping and grieving over what is wrong and then and then a turn toward hope. And so these questions that we'll wrestle with now uh, embrace that turn. What's the most discouraging thing you've learned so far? What is the thing that's caused you the most lament? The thing that uh, hurts your heart the most to know that it's true? And then what's the most encouraging thing you've learned so far? That turn back toward hope. So let's spend some time talking about that together and I will see you in a few minutes. Uh, also, you're going to need to reintroduce yourselves because you'll go out and uh, not be in the same room you were in before. So uh, be ready to make new friends. Here we go. See you in a little while. Thank you for going there. Thank you for having those hard conversations. Thank you for being willing to voice some things 
that uh, maybe don't always get voiced in the context of a Christian church or Christian community. One of the reasons that I'm part of this denomination is because when I was a college student, I found a group of folks who would let me ask hard questions. And uh, that's not something I had been around. I'd only been a Christian for a couple of years at that point in my life and uh, had, had, uh, had some tough questions to ask and didn't always get um, a lot of encouragement to ask those hard questions and speak about those hard issues. So let me just encourage you. That's part of what it means to, uh, to be under the lordship of Jesus. He speaks to every area of life. And uh, so we're thankful for that. Okay, you ready? we got two more questions. And uh, we're going to save plenty of time for the last one. So this one might be a little more, uh, a little, little shorter breakout session. So be ready to capture in one or two sentences this question. So Nigel, if we could put that slide up for our third breakout uh, group. Our, our question is going to be this. What key area of continued growth is God calling you to focus on? As, as you're learning, what do you think God is calling you to, to keep drilling into? To Don't let go until you find out what he's teaching you in this key area. Uh, take a moment to share that with one another. Okay, ready? I'll see you in a few moments. Here we go. That ran something like this. That One of the things that you're learning is that um, we, we need to repent of the attitude that says, if it doesn't involve me, I don't need to get involved. Um, there, there's kind of a, a walling off of our hearts from some uh, forms of heartbreak, from some forms of, of caring for people in need. And if it doesn't impact me, then I, I shouldn't have to be engaged in it. Well, let's, let's go back to the scriptures for a moment with that thought. Um, we're acknowledging that, that this is uh, something we need to get beyond. And uh, uh, go back to the parable of the Good Samaritan for a moment right, where um, uh, the folks who should have been involved in caring for uh, someone who is hurt are, are priests and worship leaders from the, the temple in Jerusalem. And uh, Jesus is setting up a story in which someone who had no good reason to get involved did anyway um, as part of the beauty of that parable. We see that same thing in the book of Philemon, right, where where Paul as an apostle could have said, you know, I've really got bigger fish to fry. I don't need to be worrying about one Christian uh, slave owner and one Christian slave and repairing a relationship between them. I, I, I'm a church planter. I'm an evangelist. The, the whole foundation of, of Christian message in uh, the Roman Empire uh, falls to my ministry. I, I can't get involved with these two guys. Well, but instead of doing that, he writes a letter that to us seems very short, but uh, when compared to a lot of letters in the ancient world, it's, uh, it's, it's longer than normal <laughs> and uh, certainly longer than most private letters would have been. That's partly because this is not a private letter. Paul actually addresses this letter to the church that meets in the home of Philemon, right? We see that at the end of verse two. He's addressing the church in your house. And then by the, the end of the letter, he says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. And uh, that word for your is plural. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with the spirit of all of you. You're a community. All of you meeting in the home of Philemon as worshipers of Jesus. I'm inviting all of you into the situation between Philemon and Onesimus. Now to us, that seems a bit awkward, right? 
we're having a relational issue that we need to work out. And we would rather Paul write us a letter that we read privately and nobody else knows about it. But he writes a letter that's for the whole church. It's to be read in public worship. So now everybody knows that the gospel is calling these two men to work out a new kind of relationship. And so all of this is pointing against an attitude that says, well, if it doesn't impact me, I don't need to be involved. Now, our first thought when we hear that can be, man, I'm just tired. I am tired. I got so much stuff to carry myself. I've got so uh, many things to worry about. How could I possibly take on another burden? Especially if I think in terms of how the scriptures might address the call for racial unity in the United States today. How do I have the energy to get involved with that? I have a twofold answer. The first thing is the answer that I'm hearing from most of my black friends. They don't get to ask that question. They don't get to say, well, today I just don't have the energy to worry about race. Uh, And as a minority, uh, living in a, a majority culture, Uh, you don't ever get to turn that switch off. And this is something that I don't think I've ever fully appreciated. And the only thing that's changing that is just getting to know people and have hard conversations. And uh, is it stretching me thin? Yeah. But here's the second part of my answer. We're going to go back to, we're going to go back to exactly where Paul ends this letter. He says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. That's his way of saying a church meeting in Colossae in the home of Philemon. There's a big issue going on that's important in your church. And it has to do with reconciling two men, one of whom is a key leader in your uh, congregation. And I just made that issue belong to all of you. It's going to take energy from all of you to work through this. Uh, It's going to impact all of you, Uh, this negotiating how the gospel impacts relationship between uh, slave owner and slave in the first century Roman Empire. That's going to involve all of you in some way. Well, similarly, in our day, I think the Lord Jesus is saying to us, it's going to involve all of us as Christians, healing uh, broken relationships between black Christians and white Christians, between white Christians and and Christians from other minority groups. It's going to involve all of us. Is it going to be tiring? Yeah, it is. But is there enough grace from Jesus to sustain us in it? Yes. Yes, there is. And uh, so that's where this uh, book ends, right? The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. So if we had time, I'd send you out into a a breakout group to ask one more question. But um, why don't we just hear the answer to that question from Hebrews chapter 12? Uh, and, and the question is this, if God is calling you to continue growing in a key area uh, as a result of these sermons and Zoom seminars and conversations we're having you, if God is calling you to grow in that area, and if that growth is going to take energy, and if that growth is going to be difficult, what's going to sustain you in that? What will sustain you? And the answer, according to the Christian gospel, is always the grace of the Lord Jesus will sustain us. So we've seen that here from uh, Philemon, right? 
verse 3 and verse 12 both mention the grace of the Lord Jesus that will sustain us in working through this difficult relationship in the first century context. Well, Hebrews chapter 12 speaks to that same dynamic. So let's uh, go back there. Again, we, we referred to this verse earlier because uh, we wanted to notice the fact that God disciplines those he loves. And uh, we said earlier that that word discipline isn't to be taken in a negative way here. It's much more broad that God trains people he loves, that God teaches people he loves. People who he loves who need to learn something, he finds a way to help them learn it. And if the thing they need to learn is correction, then that discipline takes on a a pretty painful feel. And if that thing they need to learn is encouragement to keep going the direction they're going already, then then that discipline is received as encouragement. God disciplines those that he loves. But listen to the greater context that that promise is put in. In Hebrews chapter 12, uh, verse 3, we're told this. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In the context, it's talking about Jesus and his crucifixion. That is uh, mentioned in verse 2. Jesus is the founder and perfecter of our faith, and he endured the cross, despising its shame. And now, the verse says, he is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And so just as God gave Jesus strength to endure the difficulties of the cross, why? Hebrews verse, uh, chapter 12, verse 2 says, for the joy that was set before him, Jesus was able to endure the cross. The Father gave Jesus enough joy because he glimpsed the glory that would be his at the right hand of the Father, of the throne of God after his resurrection. That that sustained Jesus in these difficult hours of enduring the cross and despising its shame. And then we're told in verse 3 to consider him. When we're having a hard time enduring, when we're having a hard time uh, coping, when the things God is teaching us are, are beginning to make us weary, we're pointed back to Jesus. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself. Why? So that you may not grow weary or faint hearted. This is God saying to us, when you go to school with me, when I am your teacher, your father, uh, sometimes the lessons will leave you very tired. Sometimes you will feel weary and faint-hearted, and you will feel like giving up. And when you feel that way, remember Jesus. And in Jesus, you will find the strength you need to continue learning, the strength you need to continue growing, the strength you need so that you won't become weary and worn out and give up. The race is long and running is hard, but Jesus is waiting for us at the end. That's, that's the image of Hebrews 12 altogether. And uh, so we keep that in mind that, that Jesus doesn't expect us to keep growing because we're great. He doesn't expect us to keep growing because we're so afraid of disaster. He doesn't expect us to keep growing because 
it's the popular thing to do in our culture right now. Jesus expects us to keep growing because he is with us and because he loves us. And that's one of the reasons that we love him. So let me take a moment now and I'll close our time in prayer. Thank you for being with us. Uh, next Sunday, we will not have a Zoom seminar at 9 a.m. for the Philemon Project. Next Sunday, we will have a special sermon in our worship service, but uh, we're going to take a week off from our Zoom seminars next Sunday morning. Uh, this morning, we have a, a guest sermon by Thurman Williams. He can't be with us in person today, so he graciously recorded a sermon for us, and we're going to uh, listen to that together as part of our worship service this morning. So let me invite you to be part of that. I'll pray for us as we get ready to make that transition. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you for the things that you are teaching us. Thank you for being with us when the, when the learning makes us feel very weary. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that when you speak to us about weariness, you're not talking about an idea or an abstraction, but something that you yourself endured. You have experienced every weakness. You have experienced every form of mistreatment and injustice. You have experienced God's anger and wrath against sin, even though you committed none. You know what it is like to live in this hard and broken world, and you are our Redeemer who loves us still. We give thanks to you for that. We ask that you would be with us in the week to come and be with us now as we go to worship and to, uh, to learn from you more. We pray in your name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Bye-bye.